is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Little roller up along first, behind the band, it gets through Buckner, here comes Knight and the Mets win it! See you Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Tuned into Game On with Josh Silverberg. Game On! Talking all things sports. It's, it's Game On! Yeah, Game On! Game On! Right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Wow, we are here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me this evening on the debut episode of Game On. I am your host, Josh Silverberg. I'll be tuning in with you. You'll be tuning in with me. I'll be on from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to have my own show, to really express uh, all my opinions, all that. You could also chime in as well. I believe uh, we also do have Speedy Petey. He is producing the show for us as well. So I am excited grateful, honored, privileged to be doing this. It's been a long time since I've had my own show. It's been a couple years. I will also, by the way, FYI, uh, be a little rusty in the beginning. Speedy, thank you. The number is 631-672-3108. We will do our best with the phones. We're still working on the kinks a little bit with that. Uh, Eventually, we're going to get something to fix that. Jeff already chiming in. Thank you, Jeff, for tuning in. This will be 100% be better than Pearl. So we're not going to get into all that and all those specifics. But again, if you want to listen to us and all our other wonderful shows that we have right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, you can check us out on our free app. If you have an iPhone, just type in WWSRN. If you have an Android, go to the Google Play Store, type in Worldwide Sports. Check out WorldwideSportsRadio.com as well as being on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch. If you want to check out Arrow's ridiculous videos that he has of probably mocking Speedy to do something disgusting. You can shut that on Snapchat as well. We have a lot to get to tonight. We're going to get into, after the 6.30 mark, we're going to get to the college football championship between TCU and Georgia, who I think will win and why. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball tonight, get into this whole this thing, uh, this whole Carlos Correa thing is getting out of control. Get into a little basketball. Why do I think the Brooklyn Nets are a serious contender now? in the Eastern Conference, but be hesitant on giving Kyrie that max contract. I don't think he deserves it. We'll get into that. And so much more. Do a little recap of Wrestle Kingdom that happened with New Japan. I am going to talk a little wrestling on here. And we have our wonderful buzzer beater final segment. So we're going to get to all that and so much more with you this evening. Type it on the Facebook comments as well if you have any questions, comments that you'd like for me to talk about and to get into as well. We will get into all of that and so much more. And I'll probably also even let Speedy Petey chime in a little bit as well. I love for Speedy uh, next week. I know he's doing it on Sports Loud Mounts, but I'd also love for him to chime in on his playoff picks. We're going to do some playoff rankings next week. 
and we're going to do some playoff predictions. Later on in this half, we're going to get into a little bit of the NFL and who I think two teams, one from each conference, I think teams should be very wary of playing that nobody is talking about enough. We'll do that. Get into the debacle that is the NFL scheduling and how they screwed over a couple of teams. I'm talking about the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The NFL completely missed the boat on doing that and so much more. But of course, we do have to begin the show with the whole thing with the Hamlin. I know it's we've heard it all week. If you lived under a rock and you don't know what's happening, well, it's very, 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 very uh Somber news, but today we got great news about DeMar. He was able to talk to his teammates. The breathing tube came out. He was able to speak to his teammates via Zoom, which was unbelievable. Great news. That's exactly what we want to hear, of course, right? Because let's call it like it is. So I, you know, people are giving a different, uh, you know, preference on how they watch the game on Monday night. I was watching the game sitting there. I'm sitting next to my wife or watch, you know, she's doing work, but she's sitting there next to me. All of a sudden, DeMar Hamlin just goes, grabs his chest and just goes, he just went down. And I said, something looks off. And then next thing you know, usually when somebody tears an ACL, breaks a leg, something of that nature, you instantly will see a trainer. But the trainer, they'll usually jog onto the field, sometimes even slowly walk with the coach, something like that. This time, what made a difference was the trainer ran on the field, literally ran out there. That's when you knew something was not right. And I will tell you this. When I'm watching this game and I see the trainers run on the field, I said 30 seconds in. Something's not right. Something's off. Something's wrong. We later found out that DeMar uh, went to cardiac arrest. And we need to get into this. Passed away on that field. DeMar Hamlin passed away on that field. These trainers, I believe the NFL has 29 certified different trainers that are out there that basically are able to do different things um, for them, all that nature. I'm not going to get into specifics on where those, you know, what those, what those trainers do and everything like that. I'll, I'll, I'll be reading a book, but they were giving them CPR. They're doing it that. And you're seeing the expressions on these players faces. And I, right away, I said, when I see this happen, I said, they can't get, they can't continue this game. They got to call this game, cancel it stop it, resume it at another time, so on and so forth. So I'm watching it, and you're seeing players are crying. They're huddled around. You know, kudos to ESPN, by the way, for not getting into deep how, like, the visual aspect of it. Thank God, because, you know, I always view it in this perspective. When I when you see something like this, you, you, people will post it on Twitter. That's how it is, right? They post it on Twitter. To me, it's not necessary. I, I, I don't. I don't want to see that. I don't want to get a visual of it again. Then the ambulance is coming out on the field. Like I said, they're giving him CPR. It was about nine minutes. I think they said they were giving him CPR. If I'm not mistaken. And next thing you know, like I said, he's getting put into, you know, into an ambulance. All this. They're going to the hospital. They're waiting for Demar's mom. His family was at the game, folks. Okay, you gotta remember that his game was at. His family was at the gate. Okay, so, so take that into account how serious and just how unfortunate this whole thing was. This was a kid, six-round pick out of Pittsburgh, 
Very humble kid. He came from a rough part of Pennsylvania. And he was living out of his dream of playing in the NFL. And then, you know, the, the thing that you look at it with DeMar is this is, you know, remember, I believe Micah Hyde hurt himself. DeMar came in and took over that spot. Did a nice job. He's one of the top players on the team in tackles for them. And you see this and you're seeing the reaction of the players and everything like that. So we're getting it. We're getting it. You know, we don't know what's happening. I know Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. By the way, I thought Aikman did a very good job. You know, I thought he did a great job. And to me, what I noticed, too, was this is a very tough situation for anybody to be in. This is not something that you are trained to do. Okay? This is not something at all that you're trained to do. To me, I thought Aikman did a great job. Now, again, you're constantly, they're repeating themselves. Booger McFarland's repeating himself, Adam Schefter. I thought Ryan Clark and Scott Van Pelt did the best job. Ryan Clark, because you have to remember, Ryan Clark also had situations with his health. He was not able to play in certain parts of the country. Remember that game against Denver when Tebow won that playoff game years ago? Ryan Clark did not play on, in that game. Ryan Clark was one of the better defensive players on that Steelers team. So Ryan Clark was able to give a perspective um, – and to me, when I see it and you watch it in real time, you're thinking, gee, oh, gee, something's not right. And something was not right. And then they get to the hospital, and apparently his heart stopped again. And they had to resuscitate him again, put him in a coma, breathe the tube down, down. And it's amazing. First off, what it shows is, you know, with this country and the way it is right now, Democrat, Republican, constant fighting about politics, news, certain things. I believe DeMar Hamlin's charity is now close to $9 million. So it, it, should, it sheds a little light that this country is able to come together for something and get something right. I donated to the charity, Toys for Todd's drive that he was doing. I believe he wanted $2,500, $25,000 he wanted for that, for that uh, charity. He got $9 million for this. And to me, it, it's, it shows how much this country has come together in this situation. This was the biggest story for the last couple of days, ladies and gentlemen. This was. It was easily the biggest story in the last couple of days. And the fact that DeMar is making a great recovery is amazing. And I'm not going to get into the whole Skip Bayless tweet or anything like that. I mean, that was just a nonsensical thing that he tweeted out. It was ridiculous. When I heard that the rep, that the NFL said, we're going to give them a five-minute rest period to warm up, and then they're going to get back on the field. I said, are you nuts? I said, you're delusional if you think that those players are playing on the field again. They're crazy if that's happening. But of course, what does Roger Goodell always say? The partners. It's the partners. It's always the partners. And that's where ESPN is. They're a partner. It's not the fans. No disrespect to the fans. It's not the fans that are bringing the money to the league. It's the networks. You know? It, it, and I agree with what Snug said. Skip Bayless is just kind of stale. FS1 should just move on. I agree with you. I thought Shan Sharp was going to destroy him the other day when he, missed, when he interrupted this monologue. But it's... The TV networks, it's NBC, it's ESPN, it's CBS, it's Fox that are giving the league this money, right? Amazon now is paying a fortune for them to be able to do what they're doing. 
So, and it's no disrespect to the fans. But here's the deal. I think Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott took matters into their own hands and said, we're not playing this game. We're not playing this game. We're done. We're not doing it. Sean McDermott told Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor said in his press conference, he said, I have to be at the hospital with DeMar. These players weren't going out there to play football again. It's gone. It's over. The, the, the fact that this was even a thought process in the whole situation is just a ridiculous joke. And I know Troy Vincent said that was never a thought. I think what they were going by ESPN was, and apparently somebody posted too that was at the game that they posted on the, on the board, that they were getting a five-minute rest period. To me, I think they were going by the rule book. That when an injury or something happens, they get a five-minute rest period, they go back out there and they warm up and they play. This was different. 102 years. There's only ever been one death in the NFL. I got to look up. I can't remember the name. Speedy might be able to look up who the death was and tell me. A guy, I believe a guy passed away on the field and they continue to play the game. But this also goes back to different things. It's happened in the NBA. It happened in soccer last year. A player went to cardiac arrest, I believe, on the field. And they just kept playing the game after. You know, you look at all these different situations and scenarios that this, that this has happened. You know, my eyes, when I look at it, go, go back years ago. And Speedy, remember this being a Ranger fan. Uh, the KHL got into a lot of, lot of stuff for this. You know, Alexei Sharapanov. Prospect for the Rangers, he died on the bench. Passed out right next to Yamir Yager. And then what happened was the ambulance did not. Thank you, Speedy. It was Chuck Hughes, the receiver for the Lions. Alexei Sharapanov died right there and they didn't have an ambulance waiting for him. And the NHL, the KHL got into a lot of trouble for that. You know, and everybody was wondering what. Why is the ambulance waiting so long to get DeMar out of the stadium and get him to the hospital? Because his mom was trying to get there, and I understand that. That's your baby out there, your mother. Listen, I'm a father. Something happened to my son like that, I'd be rushing as fast as I can to get to, get to him and to help him out. Okay, I can tell you firsthand, I've had a situation where my wife had a severe preeclampsia. That's fluid in the body. She almost went to cardiac arrest. My son stopped breathing when he came out. I was in between both of them in the room. Okay. I should, probably should have went to therapy after that. I can tell you that much. Um, and then what I saw was when DeMar Hamlin went down and I see that it was cardiac arrest, it brought back memories of me when my wife was giving birth to my son. And it was a very tough situation to deal with these last couple of days. I couldn't sleep. I had a coworker at work that said the same thing. He said, I couldn't sleep that night. Me personally... I could not, in my opinion, sleep at all. I was restless and I was thinking about it. I kept checking Twitter. I didn't go to bed until probably three in the morning. I had to get up at three the next day for work. So to me, when I see this, um, that, you know, for any fan, this should not be happening, period. Now, for those that are going on different uh, networks and say that football is rough, football is rough, football is a rough sport. We know this, right? We get this. We, we, we understand that with the hits, the concussions. All that stuff. I can tell you my son's not going to be allowed to play football. My wife will never let it happen. When I look at these networks that are saying this could be a football-related injury, it, it wasn't. It was just a, a fluky situation that happened. Now, this is not be me uh, 
you know, ba basically being a senseless with this, you know, I want everybody to be aware. Maybe it was something that he had that could have been misdiagnosed. In a heart condition, maybe that could have been misdiagnosed. We don't know. And for those that are saying that T. Higgins, and I heard uh, Bart Scott's comment on ESPN, by the way, about T. Higgins. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you serious, man? You're going to blame T. Higgins for this injury? Stop it. Stop it. it T. Higgins did nothing wrong. Nobody did anything wrong here. K kudos to those trainers for the Buffalo Bills that saved this young man's life. 24. Never had a cardiac arrest issue. Should not happen. So then now that, that leads us into what do the NFL do next with this? And we've heard it all week. We've heard different issues, topics. What should they do? How do they fix this game? Here's how they should fix the game. They one, Well, they're not going to. They're not going to resume it. I thought they maybe they could have. One idea was they were going to have the NFC wildcard weekend start next week and then have the Bills and Bengals alone. That's what I really thought they were going to do. To me, when I thought that, I said, okay, that could work. That could definitely work. That's something that, that could definitely be a positive to make this figured out. The Bills and the Bengals both said they're not playing this game. Listen, we have to be cognizant and understanding of the situation at hand. The Bills might be spooked out by going back to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's had a lot of things this year, and it's just, I think it's just a fluky situation. Look, Tua, remember Tua was pretty much with his injury on Amazon Prime. Right? But the concussion, that happened in Cincinnati. The Antonio Brown concussion happened in Cincinnati. Again, this is just a fluky situation and a common thing that has happened. It's weird, but hey. So they're not going to play this game. Now, I will say this. They are playing this weekend. They are playing this weekend. They could have done that game in two weeks. So now the NFL is scrambling. In the NFL, what I'm hearing, and this is something Lamar Hunt has wanted forever, because Lamar Hunt, he thinks that the championship game should be like the Final Four. They should be neutral zone sites and go that route. To me, and I'm hearing this now, if it's Chiefs Bills, they're going to put it in a neutral zone, neutral zone site. Where I have no idea. Now, is that fair? I... Whatever happened to him snug, uh, he's probably locked in his house somewhere with the police still trying to get him. That's probably where it was. <laughs> to me, with what they're doing with this, to me, and you have to remember, Buffalo went to Kansas City this year already. Steve, uh, Speed saying Steelers are Brown Stadium probably. I hear more indoor. That's what I'm hearing, an indoor state, possibly Indianapolis. But who knows? Buffalo... Went into Kansas City this year and beat the the Chiefs in Kansas City, in Kansas City. And and I will say this: if the Chiefs beat the Bills again in the AFC Championship game on a t last year's division round, this year's championship possibly in an overtime situation or a fluky field goal or something like that, you know what the Bills fans are going to say, and they have every right to. They're going to say we didn't get our fair shot. We didn't get our fair shot to have that Orchard Park game. Because let's call it like it is. Do you know Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game on the road except, of course, in the Super Bowl? Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game in his career. Ever. How would he handle that weather? 
in Buffalo. I know it's cold in Kansas City, but it's a lot colder up in upstate New York. They're having blizzards with 40 feet of snow up there. So how would Patrick Mahomes handle that? And then you have a team like the Bengals. I don't think this is going to be a concern for them. They should be Baltimore. But now what they're going to do is apparently if the Ravens beat the Bengals, they're going to do a coin flip for the playoff game because of the win percentage. Not the win percentage, because of the wins and because the Bengals play, I believe, one less game. So the which the Bengals are playing a third-string quarterback this week. If the Bengals don't beat Baltimore this weekend, then they got more problems than they should. Okay? To me. Yes, that's true. Speed. I forgot about that. The Carson Palmer injury, too, happened in the playoffs. Yep. With, with uh, Kimo Von Olaf and when he uh, sacked him. To me. You're going to do a coin flip for the Ravens-Bengals? The point of it is, is this. And I understand what Speedy, I understand what you're saying about what the what the win, the win percentage would be similar. But the pro, the thing of it is, is that the Bengals, I believe, have more wins, isn't it? I believe the Bengals have more wins. So the Bengals have more wins than the Ravens. Yet they're going to do a coin flip for this. Now, again, if the Bengals lose to the Ravens this weekend against a third-string quarterback, then the Bengals have a lot of problems. But they're going to do a coin flip for this. And to me, I think there are mega issues that are happening. With this whole thing. This needs to be solved. And of course they they have. This is the way they're going to do it. Lamar Hunt has wanted this forever. Lamar Hunt has always said he'd like to do a final four. Well he's going to get it this year. Now the fans have to travel. Pay for airfare. Hotel rooms. The NFL's going to pocket it. More money for them. Right? With the networks. They're on another site. And for people that say that they're not going to sell out a game. If this game is in Indianapolis stop. This game's in Detroit stuff. Fans will come. Fans are going to flock from Buffalo and Kansas City to come to this game. Don't tell me otherwise. Which leads me to my next point with the NFL scheduling. And I want to talk about two points. Now, they decided this last week, okay? They they decided on this last week, okay? To me, the NFL screwed over two teams. They screwed over the Detroit Lions, and they screwed over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's how they screwed the Jaguars. You ready? They screwed the Jaguars because the Titans have had 10 days off. 10 days. The Jaguars are getting six. It's a short week for them. How is that fair to anybody else? In a game where the division is on the, ri- on the line, you get and you make the plus. I think the Jaguars are still going to win, but the Titans get 10 days off and the Jaguars get six and the NFL said, hmm, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. You got to put a Saturday night game on? Fine, go, go put Dallas on or go put Philly Giants on. This game is for the division and a win and get it and you're in the playoffs and you're going to screw the Jaguars like this to have to play on a short week against see with 10, win, 10 days off? What are you, nuts? I mean, could you get it any more wrong, NFL? Have a clue what you're scheduling. Get it together. Figure it out. You had time to figure this out with the way the schedule was done. And you're going to sit there and you're going to say, hmm, let's see. This team has 10 days off. This team has six days Yeah, we're going to put them on for the division title on the line. That's a great idea. Fools. And then the other team they screwed over is the Detroit Lions. Because here's the problem. The Detroit Lions, here's the thing with them. They're going to know what their result is even before they get on the field. 
The Seahawks play at 425 on Sunday. The Lions play at 815. Again, this is where Roger Goodell is going to come in and say, our partners, our partners wanted this. Listen, NBC gets to pick the game. And it's, I know the fans, they're not the ones that pocket the NFL. It's the networks. NBC made the right call by picking Packers-Lions. It's Aaron Rodgers, Sunday night, winning in, Green Bay, huge following, so on and so forth. Lambeau Field, everything. The Lions, say the Seahawks beat the Rams on Sunday. The Lions now know that they have nothing to play for. Now, they could play a little hard against Green Bay, but you're telling me if they're down 21 to 6 at the half and a guy has an agon injury or a bump or something's bothering him, that he's going to want to get it out there and play the second half? I don't think so. Matt, you know, Dan Campbell could say all the motivation he wants. That's not going to fly with these guys then. They're out. They're down 21 to 6 at the half. They're eliminated. You think they're going to want to play anymore? No. No shot. So for the fact that this happened, and again, that's now two teams they screwed over, it's a problem. And it's something that the NFL had a week to figure out. The Lions got screwed with this. The Jaguars got screwed with this. There's a, it's a mess right now. Like, and really quick, going back to my other point, you're telling me that that bye week in between the Super Bowl and the championship games, they couldn't just push something and put the games that week? The fans don't even like the bye week in between the Super Bowl and the championship games. They don't even like it. They want football, football all the time. Could have fixed the schedule in that way. And they could have fixed the schedule in this way with the Jaguars and the Packers and the Lions. Now, could the Seahawks lose to the Rams? Of course. Trump McVay owns Pete Carroll. But it's it's going to be a tough situ- scenario and situation. You know. So that's, the, you know, to me, the, the, the thing of it is, is this too. And I know what you're saying, Speed. You say it would screw the Seahawks knowing that they won't play as hard. The reality is the Lions are already going to know the result. The Lions are the ones that are screwed here. Forget the Seahawks. The Lions are going to know their result even before they step on the field. What do they have to play for? Nothing. Nothing to play for. The team in the Jaguars and the Lions got screwed. End of story. Done. Period. Before we go to break, a couple more things. Uh, One more thing I want to get to in the NFL, and that's two teams that I want to discuss that are teams that nobody is talking about that nobody would want to play in the AFC and the NFC. And I will start with the NFC first. People are going to mock me. They're going to call me crazy. That depends on the matchup, and they're probably going to have to play the 49ers. If the Packers win, look out for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers on a lower seat on the road has been better in the playoffs than he ever is at home. That's how they won the Super Bowl years ago. It's a no-risk, nothing, you know. This is gravy at this point with Rodgers. Who knows if he's out the door? The conundrum would be for Green Bay is somehow they won a Super Bowl. Because Jordan Love has said he will request a trade if Aaron Rodgers is back on the team next year and starting. Does Matt LaFleur figure out, does he put his ego in the way and start Jordan Love? Who looks good, by the way. I like Jordan Love. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Or does he stick with the guy that's if they somehow won the Super Bowl, does he stick with Aaron Rodgers? Now, again, the 49ers are they're, – they're, 
before the season started, I, I, my Super Bowl prediction for the year was Buffalo, Green Bay. That was my pick. I think the 49ers are the best team. The 49ers to me are the best team. I don't care what anybody says about Brock Purdy. And this is another thing that goes without saying. That's why we need to watch it with Jimmy G, whoever signs him. If Brock Purdy, a seventh round pick, the last overall pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, is successful in this system with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and this good offensive line and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey, does that mean Jimmy G really is everything that he is supposed to be? He's a game manager. He manages well. Watch out for that. To me, the Packers scare me in the NFC. If they get in, that's if they get it. I still think the 49ers are the team to beat in the NFC. And then in the AFC, this is a team that nobody is discussing. I, I was contemplating Cincinnati. People have been talking more about them lately. I like where Cincinnati is. Watch out for the Chargers. I think the only thing that could bring the Chargers down is, is, is Staley. Brand Staley, the head coach. I want to see Herbert on this big stage, but this defense is playing much better. They're getting healthy. I like where the Chargers are at. This AFC to me, everybody keeps saying Chiefs and Bills. Chiefs, Bills. Cincinnati, don't. Listen, Cincinnati is a team that you need to be able to watch out for. Don't get it twisted. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow did it last year on the road. Jacksonville's playing really hot right now. Trevor Lawrence is playing on another level. I, I I think Lawrence could win a playoff game. But to me, the Chargers are the team that would scare me if you're playing them in the AFC. I like where they're, they're, they're playing right now. I like where their defense is. They're getting healthy. Staley's the one team. Staley's the one guy that could screw up this entire Chargers team. And if they lose in the playoffs, go out and get a new coach. Go out and get a new coach. Go get a Sean Payton. Get Sean Payton in here. Sean Payne would instantly turn the Chargers into a Super Bowl threat every single year. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to preview. I'm going to preview, I should say. I am going to preview the national championship game between TCU and Georgia. Now, I believe Georgia, Speedy, if you could get the spread for me before we come back from break, we'll do about two or three commercials. If you get the spread for me, I believe it was 13 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. You know, um, I'm going to tell you why TCU is a real threat in this game. And people shouldn't write them off. Get into a little baseball. Talk about this Carlos Carlos Correa drama that's happening. If we have time, we'll do a little Wrestle Kingdom uh, with New Japan. Do a little basketball with uh, Kyrie and the Nets. 12 and a half. Boom. So there you go. 12 and a half, Georgia's favorite. And we'll do our buzzer beater. That's all when we come back right here on Game On here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Game on! Game on! We're, We're back! back. You're listening to Game On with Josh Silverberg. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here for the second half of Game On on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Again, you could listen to our show and other great platforms as well. Other great shows like Sports Loudmouths, The Herd, uh, Wise Guys, all of that good stuff. The Weekend Crunch right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. If you have the app, it's Completely free. If you have an Apple iPhone, go to the Apple Store, type in WWSRN, Android, go to the Google Play Store, type in Worldwide Sports. Check us out on WorldwideSportsRadio.com. There's an entire section about Errol Marks, by the way, on there. So you want to check that out for sure. 
Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, all that so much more. Thank you to all the fans and their comments for tuning in tonight. It's really amazing with the support that's happening so far. And just all the love that I've, I, I've gotten for this. This has been a while in the making. Um, I have to thank Errol for giving me this opportunity. And of course, I have to thank Speedy for helping produce it. Uh, it's, it's, it's been great. Uh, you know, off the mat, we'll be back at some point. I'm going to be behind the scenes with off the mat going forward. Um, Alex uh, and I will be working on getting some new co-hosts for him with off the mat, but I'll be behind the scenes with that. So that will be in the future. So stay tuned for that. So much more. I want to get into the college football playoff. So Speedy said it uh, before, and that was the 12 and a half point Georgia favorite. TCU, except for the Big 12 championship against Kansas State, has beaten everybody they've played this year. It's who's on your schedule. Okay? It's on their schedule. It's who they're put on there. And they go out there and they beat Michigan. And listen, I did it as a joke. I I, I, I placed a little wager on TCU just for fun. And they won. I, I, I love how TCU – Speedy, you got to get the name of the, of the receiver. Quinn Johnson, I believe his name is, if I'm not mistaken, the receiver for TCU, who is going to be a top 15 pick. That kid, he's what, six foot five, two eighteen. That kid's got burners. And then you have the quarterback for TCU, who looked great the other day. What do you need to? Michigan can Michigan couldn't stop that offense. And look at Georgia. Ohio State has a has a very good offense, right? With with Stroud. CJ Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., they have some nice players. They almost beat Georgia. And everybody said Ohio State was lucky to get in because the USC loss with, with Williams and everything like that and stuff like that. Georgia almost lost to Ohio State. Michigan beat Ohio State, drubbed them at the shoot. And what I look at with this game is this. I'm I'm a Big Ten guy anyway. I'm a Wisconsin guy. We know that's about, I might even get into it. Oh boy, Luke Luke Fickle is making some things happen, man. At Wisconsin, jeez, that program is turning looking very different. To me, TCU's got a shot in this game, and I don't know who on the on the defense is going to be able to stop Quinn Johnson. And yet, yes, Kendra Kendra Miller is a nice running back too. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say TCU shocks Georgia. Georgia's defense is good. It's not what it's been with Kirby Smart. I like where TCU is right now. It's, I agree with Snug, by the way. Plus 425 on the money line, it's great value. That's great value. Here's the reality. Who's stopping Quentin Johnson on that defense for Georgia? Because I tell you, nobody in Michigan could. Now, Michigan has a better – Georgia's better defense than Michigan. I mean, sheesh. They couldn't stop a lick the other night. Every time Michigan got close, Georgia, uh, TCU just ramped it up again. I like where TCU is right now. Georgia's lucky to get out of that game. They should have lost that game. If the kicker makes a field goal, and that poor kid had to go to class the next day or whatever it was. 
You know, it's a, he's a kid, so just remember that. But to me, I like TCU a lot in this game. I think it's good. I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a close game. TCU is going to shock. And yes, Jeff, I agree with you. Uh, Ringo is a good prospect, but I, I, Johnson's one of the top receivers in football. I want to see that matchup. So I'm going to go TCU in this game. I'll probably be wrong, and that's fine. I don't mind. But I'll take TCU in this one. I want to get to a little bit of the, ba- uh, ba- uh, the baseball stuff, and then we'll get to some basketball. Uh, of course, we have to talk about this Carlos Correa nonsense that's going on. And I'd just like to say this. When people inside the negotiations are going to their reporters to leak information after everybody said it was going to stay quiet, closed door, and everything like that, and Scott Boris decided to go to John Heyman and leak out that report about the twins. Steve Cohen then went to Annie Martino and leaked out that they'd walk away. Here's the reality. Carlos Gray is not going to get a 12-year, $315 million deal. He's failed two physicals. The thing of it is, is that Steve Cohen is not a super person. He's a reason why he's a $17.5 billion person. He doesn't, this is an investment for him. A 12-year, $315 million contract is a big investment for anybody and then some. Reality is this. If I'm Steve Cohen, I there's going to be a lot of language, and I do think the Mets are going to get this done. Because the Mets would love to have Correa. We know that would like them to line up a lot. But my question to you is this. Does Carlos Correa really want to do this for a third time? He had two teams and negotiations with him, if that happens. Does Correa really want to go through this again for a third time? Do the Minnesota Twins really want to give him 10 years and $285 million after he failed two physicals? And that contract be a full guaranteed contract? What are you, nuts? Are you crazy with that? And if you're Correa, you really want to start from square one again? To me, when I look at this whole situation and I see how it's played out, there is Scott Boris that's leaking this information out to John Heyman because he's trying to get this to the finish line. And clearly there's stuff in that contract they don't like. And Steve Cohen is leaking stuff out to Andy Martino because Scott Boris decided to leak things out to John Heyman. So this is a game of chicken right now. Who's going to go first? And I got to tell you, Cohen's not blinking. And if I'm Scott Boris, you need to be very wary of the person that you're messing with right now because this is the richest owner in baseball and in all professional sports. This is a guy that could be signing a lot of your clients. You might want to have a good relationship with the man. Okay? Because he's signed already a couple of your guys, including Max Scherzer last year. So you might want to keep that relationship status quo and not be a problem. This is going to get done. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to be put out with this. Yeah, Correa's son, the other day wearing the I Love New York shirt with the pretzel and the hot dog on it and all that. To me, my thinking is this. I would give Correa five years guaranteed the first five years because that's where the most important part's going to be, right? The first five years. After that, give another four or five years. Do not, uh, Just do non-guarantees. Just do bonuses. But in the first five years, he has to play a certain number of games. If he doesn't play those certain number of games, he doesn't get that bonus stuff that's in the first part of the contract. 
He has to play at least 70% of his games. And Correa hasn't necessarily been an injured injured ball player. He's had little, you know, little injuries. I know he had the broken finger, elbow stuff. I know he had the leg thing last year, but he only missed like a day or two. But the ankle thing it was. This is somebody trying to blink first. And you're going to leak information out to reporters that you know. Because you're not going to say it squarely. The Twins are interested. Or the Mets aren't going to say squarely. We're going to walk away. Does Carlos Correa really want to go through this for a third time? And would a team really want to give him that kind of money that he's going to be leaving on the table? Here's what you do if you're Correa. Prove that you stay healthy. Sign with the Mets. Help win a World Series. And call it a day. Prove your worth. That's what you do. You prove your worth. Get to some basketball right now. And let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets right now. Boy, oh boy. They look very different. Jacques Vaughn all of a sudden comes in there and it's like night and day from this team. The Nets are playing good basketball. But now the question is everybody asking. Do the Brooklyn Nets give Kyrie Irving a max contract? They'd be stupid to do such a thing. Kyrie Irving is not going to get a max contract from the Brooklyn Nets. And if they do do it, well, then the Nets get what they deserve, which is idiocy, stupidity, and all the ridiculous PR that they're going to have coming their way. The Brooklyn Nets let it season right out. I don't see them bringing back Kyrie. But then again, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm not in the room with Joe, with Joe Sy. And, um, oh, my God. Speedy, I forget the uh, the general manager's name. He was on the Spurs at one point. Uh, thank you, Sean Marks. And, yes, Lunch right. Kyrie Irving is the most interesting guy in basketball because he's a nutcase and he's an anti-Semite. So that's why he's somebody – and you also look at the look at the teams that he's gone to. He's he went to the Boston Celtics, ruined that. Wanted out of Cleveland because he didn't want to be in LeBron's shadow anymore. But yet, yet he'll go play in Brooklyn with uh, Kevin Durant in his shadow. It's interesting. This is a guy Kyrie in the last couple of years didn't want to play in the bubble, quit on his team, didn't get vaccinated. Then he wanted to take time off for his own personal reasons. He was going to some like kid's birthday party. You're gonna get this guy a max deal? Were you crazy? I don't care how good Kyrie Irving is. Kyrie Irving is one of the best players in basketball. To me, Kyrie, no max contract. You let the season ride out. You go that that way with him. Now, are the Brooklyn Nets a team that can win the championship? I mean, when you have two major superstars on your team that are playing the way they're playing, why not? Now, I don't think they have the depth that Boston has. They definitely have the depth Boston has. not even close. Um, I don't think they're as good as Milwaukee. I, I, I would say they're right there. I guess Philly. And by the way, James Harden looks great this season. Says he left Brooklyn. Sheesh. Couldn't get out of there fast enough. Couldn't wait. Remember, Harden wanted to go to Philly in the first place. They didn't want to go to Brooklyn. He went to Brooklyn because they couldn't agree to a deal with Philly, Houston. So to me, when I look... At the Brooklyn Nets, they're a title contender, of course. When you have two superstars on your team and the way you're playing, it's of course. And the Western Conference this year doesn't really scare me. I, what, I think New Orleans is the number one seed right now, but of course Zion is going to be out for a couple of weeks. That could ruin things. But to me, when I look at how the Eastern Conference is, Boston and Milwaukee are the 
they are the premier, the pedestal of where you have to go to get better. They're not there, Brooklyn. They're 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 in the conversation to, to win the East, of course. Am I gonna say no, that's it completely out? The Brooklyn Nets are completely out, they're not gonna win a championship. That's not true. The Brooklyn Nets can absolutely win a championship. But to me, when I look at the Brooklyn Nets, they don't have the depth that those teams have. I think the Brooklyn Nets are having a very good season. Jock Vaughn coming in there for Steve Nash. And the Cavaliers, too. I like where Cleveland is. Of course, listen, I'm a Nick fan. I want the Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's Cleveland's another team. But the Bucks and the Celtics are the teams barring injuries. Those are the two teams that should be in Eastern Conference. The West is wide open. The West is wide open. You got New Orleans. You got Memphis. Dallas is Doncic, although they're not having a great season. Golden State sucks. They won a road game. I think they have like three road wins this season. It's horrible. Whoever comes out of the East is going to win the NBA Finals this year. That's my take. Miami's also playing well now. So we'll see. Uh, really quick, I want to do a little plug for New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom. Great show. Loved it. Enjoyed it. I got to watch highlights of it. Uh, six and a half rating from Dave Meltzer on the Kenny Omega Will Osprey match. So fantastic job. New Japan knocked out of the park again. To me, I think that was fantastic for them to 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 get that show running and get fans back there again. Twenty six thousand they had at the Tokyo Dome, which is okay. Michael to get to a Wrestle Kingdom show in Japan, that would be fantastic. But I thought it was a great show. I, I, I'm not one of. The, I did it once. I'm never doing it again. I'm not saying until four in the morning to watch it. Sorry happening. I'll watch it the next day. And they make it during the week because they have it every year on the same day, January 5th or 4th. So to me, uh, and also Vince McMahon is back in the WWE, so that's exciting. <laughs> what a debacle that is. PR move. Jesus. Could you, could you, I mean, could team, they were finally having momentum and you come back in? <laughs> Say goodbye to that. Terrible person. I mean, it was, it's embarrassing that he's back. All right. Speedy, I think it's time. Let's get to our buzzer beater. Whatever you want to put. There it is. <laughs> I love that. So this is our buzzer beater moment. Something I didn't talk about. On uh, the show today, in our great debut show, was I want I, – I, I, my – you know, something I didn't talk about was what's going on in the NHL and how good the Winter Classic was. So we're talking about the football stuff and everything like that. Winter Classic was fantastic with Pittsburgh and Boston. And then next year, you're going to have it in Seattle with the Kraken and the Golden Knights. Love it. I think that's fantastic. I think it's great to me. What I loved about this game was, first off, and I know people are always saying they, it feels like they're putting the same teams in at all the time with Boston and Pittsburgh and Philly and and, and the Rangers and, and they're you know it's always the, the the Capitals. It's the same teams every single year that are in it. Well, next year they're doing Seattle and they're doing Vegas, two expansion teams for the last couple of years. To me. I think that that is a fantastic move by the NHL to really get that correct. I think it opens up a new door for those fans out West. You're bringing a new breed of a fan base in there 
and another new breed with the Vegas Golden Knights in there. I think it's a win for them. I think it really is a fantastic job by, to me, great win by the NHL. But also, to me, they knocked out of the park with this Boston-Pittsburgh game. Great game. It was a little sluggish for a while. Boston came back in the third, one, two to one, and won the game. By the way, the Boston Bruins this year, and this will make Jeff happy. Mike, I mean, day hire Montgomery. Ooh, what a coup that was. I didn't think that was going to work. Worked out. It worked out. You know. So, to me, I thought Jim Montgomery was a great hire for them. I was a little nervous. I know Jeff knows David Quinn. You know me with David Quinn. But the Bruins are knocking it out of the park this year. Fantastic season. Right now, Linus Olmark, with the way he's playing, it's going to be, up, I think, up for the Vezina conversation. Pasternak's having a ridiculous season, looking like an MVP this year, as he always does. We have Martian, Bergeron, the usuals, but that defense. And when McAvoy came back, that was icing on the cake. The Boston Bruins are a tough team. The West is interesting. Colorado's still there. Vegas is playing well. We'll get more into that. How <laughs> fast can Connor McDavid skate? I would say probably 30 miles per hour. <laughs> Maybe 20 to 30. I've never known if Connor McDavid is a fast skater. I think how fast can Connor McDavid skate? Now Jeff has to be thinking. Speedy, what do you what do you if you want to write, Speedy, how fast do you think Connor McDavid could skate? I don't think he grew 30. That was a little overzealous of me to say that. I would say 15 to 20. That's what I say. Well, next week, Speedy is going to join us because we're going to do some picks next week. So Speedy's not going to have a choice but to be on the air and everything like that. But again, I want to thank the fans so much for tuning in to the show this week, the debut. I hope everybody enjoyed it and loved it. We're going to get those phone calls in for sure. If you want to call in the show, keep typing in on those comments on the Facebook page. Remember, WWSRN if you have an iPhone, Worldwide Sports if you have an Android, WorldWideSportsRadio.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch. We're on all those social media platforms. Check out all the other great programs as well. You can check Speedy out every Wednesday and Thursday, Wednesday 7 to 9 on the Sports Live Mats, and then 9 to 12 or whatever the time is that they go. So to me, I want to thank you guys. And you girls for listening. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I love this. There's so much more to come. I can't wait. Have a great weekend. Speedy, thank you. I'm going to go take care of my son upstairs. Because he sounds like he's uh, yelling. So I'm going to go take care of that. And everything like that. Snug, thank you for the cats listening too. Listen, continue to support the network. That's what I ask. Support all the programs that we have on here. They're fantastic. Uh, every now and then, we'll also be bringing in somebody by the name of Eric Bow. You'll get to know him. He'll be coming on every now and then. So, like I said, have a great weekend. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the last weekend of regular season NFL football because my Jets are not going anywhere and all that nature. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Game On on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. We'll see you next Friday at 6 o'clock. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.